Before this week's new episode, we wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast we highly recommend. Our friend Pam Uzel runs the Art Heals All Wounds podcast. Pam and her guests look at so many wonderful stories of how art can change the world for the better and the journeys that led to that change. Of course, there's a good chance there's a crossover with tech every now and then. Make sure you stay tuned to the end of this episode to hear Pam's trailer for her wonderful show. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to Crosswires. Would you believe this is actually our 50th episode? We've been going for nearly a year. I think our one-year anniversary is a couple of days after this episode hits. So really exciting, 50 episodes. I actually can't believe we've made it that long. And part of the reason we have made it that long is because of my fantastic co-host, Jay. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I just gave away a... Not giving away. I, I'm selling my, one of my PCs. And... I was going to say, giving away. We didn't agree to that. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but it does feel nice to finally have a piece of hardware out of my house now. And it's and I, I'm actually working on not hoarding stuff. Yay! I mean, you've only got about 20 spare... Well, as you know, you're down, in, down a microphone today as well. That's gone. I am now. Uh, yeah, actually, I think this is the only mic that I have that's not an AirPod, or an earbud, or an AirPod, yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I'm glad you're doing well. Let me... Today's episode, we thought, well, you know, for a 50th episode topic... Why not talk a little bit about how you get this actual podcast, how it's delivered to you? And one of the things that a lot of people maybe don't understand is some of the behind-the-scenes stuff of how you get your podcast, where those files come from. So we're going to be talking... Wait, you mean that to do the podcast, you actually actually have to upload it somewhere? You don't just record it and it's instantly out somewhere? No, no. And it's not just a YouTube clip on a website or on SoundCloud clip either. <laughs> oh, Wow. <laughs> so yes jay is right we, you have to have the files hosted somewhere for you and we use a wonderful service and i'm not just saying that because our guest is here but we as you all know use castos we make quite a big deal of that on our website so would you please welcome from castos craig thank you so much for joining us no it's my pleasure thank you all for for having me i'm excited to be here for the 50th episode that's that's a huge deal and, and congratulations to to y'all because it is no small feat to reach 50 episodes, uh, especially in a year, right? It's, a lot of folks do it by skipping around and missing a bunch of beats, but but to have, you know, almost every week for a year is is amazing. That's that's uh, to be commended for sure. Thank you. Yeah, I think we only missed two weekly episodes. One, because I literally had no way to upload anything in the second one uh, due to, you know, well, many of you know, due to a death in the family. So I think I was excused from podcast duty that, that week. Um, yeah. But Craig, before we get into talking all about podcast hosting, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe, you know, a little bit about Castos, what, who you are, but a little bit of a story of Castos and of course yourself? Yeah, for sure. So, yep, I'm Craig Hewitt. I'm the founder of Castos. We are a podcast hosting and analytics platform. We help customers grow their audience and monetize their shows. Uh, we've been around for about five years and, you know, have like, you know, tens of thousands of customers on the platform. And yeah, it's a blast. <laughs> it's totally a blast to be able to work in this industry, in this environment where um, we're helping folks like you tip to create content and build their brand and share awesome awesome stuff with the world. We are a, a remote distributed team uh, of nine people and um, have about half our team here in the States uh, where I'm located and about half in Europe. Yeah, it's it's a blast. 
Awesome. Now, so I was speaking to Jimmy, one of your wonderful support team recently, and he hinted at something which I, I wanted to ask you about. It was something about, and I don't know if it's just the WordPress plugin or Castos itself, originating from Sermon Audio. Yes. So, so the, the origin story of, of Castos is uh, I acquired the WordPress plugin that we now own and, and maintain called Seriously Simple Podcasting. Um, the person, guy named Hugh Lashbrook, who uh, created it, created it for his church. Uh, he's a South African guy who was, you know, like in the in the kind of unfortunate spot, I think that a lot of us find ourselves in where like we have a friend who says, like, hey, can you just do this website for me or this little tech project? And he was like, you know what, I'll just build this WordPress plugin because like he's a WordPress guy uh, for for my church. And and he did. And the rest is history. But but yeah, he he built the plugin and uh, maintained it for a long time. It's a fantastic you know piece of code even now. And then he went to work at Automatic, right, the parent company of WordPress, um, and was like, hey, I need to kind of like divest myself from some of these side projects. And we were fortunate to to be able to to pick it up and adopt it. And that's kind of how Castos got started is is the WordPress plugin. And the idea all along was like, hey, we will we will build the hosting platform to interface with this. And originally for the first kind of six months or so, you could only use Castos with WordPress. Uh, now about you know three quarters of our customers don't use WordPress. But every day and every week, a lot of people come from WordPress to to use our plugin. It's a great way to integrate the podcast and the website by but offload the media file and storage um, so that your your web server is not kind of bearing that load. But yeah, Hugh Hugh built the plugin with his church in mind for sure. Also, yeah, because as someone who's uh, someone who's done podcasting for churches, it's not a simple task, and it's so misunderstood. Sorry, Jake, yeah. go on. You were going to say something. Well, in my last podcast, I did about 180 episodes hosted on like a host, and then I had another site, and it was always fun having to like post the episodes two places, make sure you get all your links right and everything. And it really has been simple that. We make a WordPress post, put all the files there, and it's been amazing how it goes over to Castos. And that has to ha- that has been a huge, huge boon, and it's brought our workflow way down on this show. Yeah, absolutely. So, Craig, let, let's sort of rewind a little bit and talk about what because we're using terms of podcast hosting. You know, Word. I hope I mean we'll do a whole separate episode maybe sometime on WordPress, but. When we talk about podcast hosting, a lot of, if I were to ask maybe people outside of this industry, outside of the tech space, and said to them, Oh, how do you think podcasts, where, where do your podcasts come from? And I can almost guarantee you that most people will say, Oh, I get mine from Apple. I get mine from Spotify. And they will maybe assume that those media files are coming through iTunes, through Spotify. That's not the case, though, is it? A slight asterisk on Spotify, but I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, yeah, so 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 the way that the podcast podcasting in general works, it's all about this concept of an RSS feed, right? So I'll use Apple Podcasts; it's the most pure kind of instance of this. Apple Podcast is really just a big search directory, kind of like Google, where it reflects the contents of uh, RSS feeds from a bunch of different places. You could build your own, right? You could get a server and write a bunch of XML and all this to kind of dynamically create this RSS feed and take a half step back from there. Even an RSS feed is just a link or a website that has information about your podcast at a meta level, like the name of it and the category and the description and a link to that cover image. And then within 
the kind of items area are the episodes, right? So every episode is what's called an item in an RSS feed. And each episode has like a title and a description and keywords and the explicit tag maybe and a file. And that file is the really big thing that, that differentiates a podcast RSS feed from like if folks are old like me, <laughs> remember like RSS aggregators where you just add the RSS feed from your favorite blogs into one place and you have like magically like this big reading list of stuff that you want to consume. Uh, and a podcast is just that with audio files. Huge tangent, coincidentally, I think that that possibly could be like the future of social media where we all have social RSS feeds and the RSS aggregator comes back because it's decentralized uh, and not controlled by a billionaire playboy. Uh, but uh, that's that's a that's a slight tangent. Um, but it, but it, I think it really talks to the the power of podcasting. It's open open system. You can use a platform like Castos. Like I said, you could spin up your own digital ocean instance and do this all yourself. You could use a free tool like Anchor. Uh, that has its strings that are attached to it. But yeah, when you, when someone goes to a platform like Apple Podcasts or they open up Pocket Casts in their in their Apple device and they're looking for a podcast, they're looking actually at that feed from Castos and, and subscribing directly to that link. And the contents are coming directly from our platform onto that person's phone. I mentioned Spotify is a little different in that they have two ways they can operate, but the way they operate with us is they consume all the content from us and then they redistribute it back out. Oh, interesting. There's a lot of reasons that that it can be like that and can't be like that. But the biggest one for us is in order to have what's called a pass-through entity relationship with Spotify, uh, we would have to re-encode the files that you all upload into a standardized format. And we don't want to do that. We want to say, hey, you spend so much time recording in a tool like Squadcast and editing and having this be exactly like you want it. We want to deliver that file to your listeners. Uh, and Spotify won't let us do that. Uh, and so Spotify would make us re-encode those files. We say, hey, no, we don't want to do that. You all figure out how you want to do it. Uh, so folks that listen on Spotify, it's actually a different file than the one that our customers upload. But we don't want to have to encode all files for all customers. We want you all to be able to publish what you want to publish. That's a very interesting piece of information, especially given we don't want to throw too much. This is not to blame anyone. But when we moved from Castos to Substack, we discovered that Substack had actually been doing that. We'd been re-encoding our files. And that makes sense why they probably have a similar sort of relationship with Spotify. But what we discovered in that process, and I think this hints at what you were saying about, you know, we spent time making our files the way we are. Turns out it was stripping all the ID free chapter tags yep. out of the file. And so I'd spent, what, literally, well, I don't want to spend, say, hours, but, you know, part of my editing workflow in Ferrite on the iPad had been adding those chapter markers for you all. And you'll see in this episode we have chapter markers because, as Craig said, Castos pretty much leave our file alone apart from, well, no, Spotify then re-encode it. So hopefully the version that you're getting through Overcast, through Pocket Casts, uh, through Apple Podcasts, through whoever you want to use, will be the version we intended. And I love that. Now, that's really cool. And we won't go too much into the encoding side because that delves into a whole different story. One question I wanted to ask you is, so you talked about being able to upload files to maybe your own server. And, you know, there's wonderful open source tools. I love this concept of a decentralized web. I mean, you know, we're now on Mastodon. Uh, as you know, you if you if people listen in the end outro, and please do listen to the outro because it has lots of cool information. We no longer promote um, Twitter because we're not on 
that network. We technically have an account there, but we love decentralized. And one of the things that's been coming along is, is Castopod, which is this open source, self-hosted tool. And one of the downsides to that is you are hosting your own solution and you're then providing your own media files. Now, quick, people could still use Castos to host the media files because you don't, you provide a direct URL for those files if they wanted to. But what's the advantage of using, uh, in this case, Castos? Why is good hosting so imp- important? Particularly when we talk, you know, maybe distribution. And I think you mentioned something earlier, which I think is one of the reasons we use Castos, is reducing that load. What what, do, what does Castos offer for podcasters, if, if that makes sense? Yeah, so, so you, you touched on, you know, Castopod and distributed open source projects and stuff like that. And, and, you know, we actually have one too, right? We talked about it before, and it's our WordPress plugin. Um, we have a lot of people who just use the free plugin, host the files on their the same server that serves their WordPress site, um, use their own RSS feed. It's not a Castos-based feed. The files are hosted on their, their server. They're using WP Engine or SiteGround or Bluehost or something like that to host the files. And and, and honestly, like that's fine. Uh, like, I would say if you're just getting started, it's a really great way to test the waters, right? You do a couple of episodes, you use a free tool like this. If you already have a WordPress site, it's entirely free. There's no, there's no monthly or, or annual cost or anything like that. The problem ends up being you get 50 episodes and you get, you know, thousands of listeners um, every Tuesday morning when that episode comes out, you have those thousands of people downloading the, the most recent episode in the same piece of physical hardware that's serving your website. So if they're also on the site or someone else is on the site, uh, the performance of it's going to really suffer. And I think that, that that's like one thing, but more practically, you know, if you're on kind of like premium hosting, they're going to, or even if you're on like really cheap hosting, they're going to, you know, knock on your door and send you an email and say like, hey, you've used your bandwidth for the month and it's only the fifth day of the month <laughs> or, or you know, you need more storage or something like that. And so it's really just like most web hosting providers are going to have limits and bandwidth and storage. And you'll hit that pretty quick if you have a successful show. And so uh, the way to kind of future proof around that is to have a dedicated host for for your media that that's like one of the most practical ways and and we we like to think about it just like you wouldn't upload a video file to your WordPress site right because that would just it literally kill it right in one one big file so you use YouTube or Vimeo or Wistia or something like that and in a lot of ways we're the same kind of thing for offloading the media storage and delivery from your WordPress site but the other the other big one is analytics right? We're able to get more analytics from the Castos end than you are really like a lot of other places just because of the amount of visibility we have to, to those files and where they're being requested from. Yeah, those are the two big reasons. And I know like one thing about hosting your media separately is you can also act as a content delivery network and, and be able to get it to them as fast as you can. Because one thing about about media, the faster a individual who's who's consuming media gets it the less chance they're likely to go elsewhere because like if, if you're there's some podcasts that i can tell they're probably hosted somewhere that either on their own site or it takes a little bit longer or something comes up and i'm like yeah okay well i guess i'm i'm running to work i'm tr- i wanted to start a podcast before heading to my, my drive well now this podcast is taking forever i'm just gonna go on to the next podcast but if if you deliver from the fastest possible place like like castos you're limiting that obstacle for your listeners yeah we we just made a pretty big improvement to 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 that exact aspect so kind of how our feeds are 
uh, constructed and delivered. And we saw like a 50 times improvement in the availability of, of media, which is pretty cool. We use Cloudflare as our CDN and they, for better or worse, they are the, the plumbing of the internet these days between them and, and AWS, which is our other data partner. It's, it's, it's a really good match. Um, so, and we feel, we feel really good to have a lot of kind of redundancies and options between the two. They, they do some of the same things. Uh, and so it's nice to be able to switch back and forth if we need to. And you bring up an interesting point because I've heard people say, oh, I can host on AWS. One thing, though, that you can do that maybe I can't do as an individual person is you can buy in bulk and it can reduce you can reduce the you can buy more data for everybody. And then and whereas if I were to go to AWS, they may charge me more because I have I use less. Yeah. By by like several orders of magnitude. Yeah. And and of course one of the other things that if you are using even if you're just using Castos and are just using uh, and we'll come to one of the you know the great ways that Castos helps a podcasters maybe get off the ground if you don't if you don't want to touch WordPress and I love WordPress you know our site is built on WordPress but even when you're using the seriously simple podcasting plugin that took me a moment to get out there folks um, <laughs> I, I, we are huge fans of the stuff that you've added the like add-ons and in fact I mean one little shout out for this WordPress plugin because while we're talking about it is the fact that you've added uh, i don't know the best way to describe it like support for theme builders uh, and site builders like elementor or some of the other uh sort of is it genesis is it genesis as well the genesis themes yep are, are fully supported yeah i mean that it, it's um you know wordpress is a really interesting ecosystem like i don't i don't have a background in the wordpress ecosystem but but one has a big open source project that powers whatever it is 30 percent of the internet uh, depending on how you look at it um it's it's a it's a fantastic tool and a really interesting ecosystem the beauty of it i was on a call with a customer earlier today and they were saying hey i want to have a podcast where the episodes expire after a day or or when the next one comes out uh can i do that with castos and literally about five seconds, I was like, WordPress plugin expire post, right? Uh, and 100% you can do it, again, for free. <laughs> so like if someone wants to make, a, it's a really cool concept for a podcast, right? I want to make a podcast where the episodes are only available for a day or a week or until the next one comes out or something. Uh, like you can't do that with Castos. You can't do that with any conventional podcast host, but you can do it with WordPress. And, and like in a lot of ways, WordPress is like, the OG no code or low code solution, right? Like you, you can do anything you want between like Zapier and WordPress you, and Airtable. Like you can do, you can do anything you want. And coming back full circle to like our seriously simple podcasting plugin and, and like just our development and product process is it's a blessing and a curse, right? You can do anything you want. And so you mentioned Jimmy from our team, like Jimmy and Kelly from our team get some of the most bizarre questions you can ever imagine with the things that folks want to do. Some of it's from us, I'm sure. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's the, it's the double edged sword that you just have to love. Um, that WordPress is amazing. We love the ecosystem. We're heavily involved in it. We're all going to WordCamp Europe, uh, later this year. But at the same time, there is a lot of obligation that we have to, to support things that I think you could say, Hey, that's not like our responsibility, right? Like, is it our responsibility that this works perfectly with this theme that does this thing weird? No, but or is it the right thing for us to do to work with that theme developer to find some way to make everything work? Because in the end, it's not, 
them, right? It's you that's the customer or the user that that like everyone wants to make happy. And so it, it's a really different it's a really different dynamic than a lot of tech companies have um, with the the multiple interdependencies of different plugins and themes. And for for the vast majority of the time, it's a really great thing. Um, and there are some challenges with it too. Absolutely, and yeah, I cannot say enough. Um, we've had to contact Castor uh, Support a couple of times for some help, and every single time, look, without naming any names, compared with some of the other support we've had from companies within the pod podcast industry, Castos and, and of course our friends at Squadcast always shine as an example of how to do customer support. So that's awesome to hear. No, I'm glad. And you know, look, I, I, my background is is customer support. It's important that um, you know we highlight that. Can I just like touch on that real quick? Because this is really important for me, at least. It's really important. Uh, like, really good support is important for everyone, right? But really, podcasting is uh, it's especially important in podcasting because the whole process of a podcast is complicated enough already, right? Much less WordPress and theme interactions and all this. But just like we talked about at the beginning, like what the heck is an RSS feed and how does this work? Like that's the, the hump that a lot of folks have to get over. And and then much less like, Oh, syncing with my WordPress site and theme conflicts and scheduled posts and expiring podcasts and stuff like that. Like, I feel like we have two hurdles to get over. Whereas, you know, if you're pipe drive and you're on a CRM, like you, you just have to worry about people using your tool, not, Hey, how do I understand the whole concept of this thing I'm trying to do? Yeah. We spend a, we spend a ton of time educating way before folks become customers, hopefully. Absolutely. And you know, you've, I'm glad you mentioned the complexity of an RSS feed because yeah, look, the WordPress plugin can generate an RSS feed, but that also means that that, that RSS feed. Now we do use the plugin generated RSS feed. It has, the, um, it is what we use as our combined all our shows feed. Now, uh, unfortunately, as of Friday of this week, that feed will drop by one show uh, with charging status. As you will all know by now, charging status is moving to Alex's uh, ownership and control because of my new job. I never thought a podcast would be a conflict of interest for a job, but it is. Mm. Uh, so, uh, but it's awesome. And again, just another huge shout out. Uh, the team at Castos are going to move charging status to Alex's Castos account will be zero disruption to that feed. That is incredible. Again, top-notch support. But going back to the RSS feeds, as well as hosting the media files, for each show, and I'll come to that in a minute because that ties into a little bit of the pricing of me offering, you get a unique RSS feed for each show that's hosted on Castos through your account, which means that the RSS feed is also offloaded because I think a lot of times... WordPress advice is, oh, limit your feed to, say, maybe so many episodes. But by offloading that to Castos, that's even less of a hit. And it means, correct me if I'm wrong here, let's say our WordPress site went down or Jay hit the wrong button um, or did some plugin maintenance that, 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 that wasn't that meant to happen. Has never happened. Like, <laughs> that's never happened to any of us, right? <laughs> or back in January. <laughs> Back in January, or when you migrated the podcast feeds a whole two weeks early, yeah, um, you know. <laughs> the point is, why is it why is it helpful to have a, the RSS feeds offloaded? Is it just because of what we've just said, or is it just again a part of that simplification of out of the box with Castos, you've got a podcast set up? Yeah. So, so we mentioned the the RSS feed at the at the beginning, and and really what practically happens is it's this link, right? feeds.cast.com slash whatever, or 
myawesomewebsite.com slash feed slash podcast if you're using WordPress, right? And, and so what's happening is Apple and oh, Spotify maybe, right? Because we talked about, but Overcast and all these are pinging this URL all the time. Some are much worse than others, but all of them are pinging it, say, at least every hour, more like every 10 minutes. And, and so if you don't have caching in front of that, or if you don't have a really robust way to to deliver those, essentially it's like a page view, right? From a bunch of places all the time. So it's a page view, but it's also like potentially a lot of content, right? And an XML, like an RSS feed is just XML. It looks like code. But if you have 50 episodes and and even better, if you have transcripts or really long show notes in each, in each episode, that thing can be several megabytes. Uh, and think about several megabytes hit thousands of times a day, like becomes a ton, a ton of bandwidth. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's actually one of the limitations of serious simple podcasting WordPress that I didn't anticipate until we had some, some really high usage customers who came to us and were like, uh, Hey, my WP engine bill went from 300 to $800 a month. What's going on? And, and yeah, it's this, it's this kind of outlier thing where like they're using their WordPress feed. They're on really premium hosting. Maybe they could cache it a little better, but, but yeah, they run into the situation that, that anyone would run into if you have a lot of content or a lot of listeners, uh, where, where like this feed is getting hit. It's a decently sized file. It gets served a bunch and you could just offload all that. So instead of say, Hey, let's not use the, the WordPress feed, let's use the Castos feed and let Castos figure out how to cache it and deliver it and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. I mentioned the, the refactor we did a, a, a bit ago. And we saved on our AWS bill about 25% of the cost by by reducing or like improving the caching and and, and improving kind of how we deliver that. This is just an example of like a, a platform the size of ours, how important maintenance and optimization <laughs> of all this is, right? If you're a really small, if you're a really small podcast or a small site, it, it's not that big a deal. But as you get bigger, it's really something you want to think about. Um, and at our scale, like a, a pretty big project, you know, ended up saving us quite a bit of money. Um, so... Absolutely. And now there is one limitation. And I know, because uh, we talked to Jimmy about it, it's one of the things we were hoping we could solve. And I think I might be wrong. I'm missing. Do correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Jimmy said, I know it, it was, was plans to start, you know, making a lot of the some of the features that are ex currently on the Castor site come across a plugin to maybe doing a bit more. But if you are using that uh, feed, because you can have multiple shows within not only the seriously simple podcasting plugin but also on castos and we the wait now we maybe set this up wrong to be fair but what we have is we have two shows we have the default feed which just doesn't get touched and then we've got crosswires and we did have charging status but each one of those is it comes up as a separate show so on our castos account we have three shows now We'll come back to the sort of pricing because I really want to talk about that to highlight what a good deal Castos is compared with maybe some other. And we're not going to name any competitors. We just, for complete transparency, we are a Castos affiliate. Uh, that hasn't, I hope, influenced Craig's decision to be here today. I reached out to you with no, you know, some, no sort of preface. Hey, we're an affiliate. Do you want to come and do this? It was, would you like to come and be on our show? Uh, it was actually, to be fair, it was actually Jimmy's suggestion to email you. So credit to Jimmy from Castor Support for uh, getting Craig on the show. But at the moment, you can't send that combined feed to Castos, as in there is no equivalent of a combined feed yet, is there on, on Castos? Yeah, I mean, that we try very hard to have like one-to-one -one parity between the plugin and the hosting platform, uh, in large part because you, you do sync data between the, the WordPress site and, and the hosting platform. The concept of the kind of catch-all feed 
is goes all the way back to the church use case, right? And it's perfect for a church use case, right? I have, I'm a church, I have a website, and I want um, the 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 people that go to my church to be able to access all of the content in a feed. But I also want to have individual feeds for the Sunday sermons and the Wednesday Bible study and the mm-hmm. what you know whatever it is. And and so that's what you have. Like in seriousism podcasting, you have the, the default feed, which is a catch-all, right? It's everything kind of underneath. Think of it like a parent-child relationship almost, right? Like everything under that uh gets rolled up into the into the the catch-all, the parent feed. But but you could also subscribe to just the Sunday sermons or just the Wednesday Bible study. That kind of concept doesn't exist in Castos. Everything is its own podcast. Um and so so what you see is three podcasts, like you say, one is the catch-all, right? And the other two are the individual podcasts. Yeah, to, to be honest, this is one of those like uh, tech debt um, <laughs> things that that we, I think, are doing the best we can with. And and actually, a, a big update to the plugin in the future will be to minimize the, the kind of catch-all feed. It will still be there, but it won't be the default behavior going forward. So in say a couple of months when you install Serious Simple Podcasting and you create a new podcast, it will be created as as its own podcast. It won't be the default podcast anymore because most people use it for an individual show or a couple of shows. Um the the utilization, I think, of of like the the catch-all umbrella feed is is pretty small and it really doesn't translate to the casto side as well so it's actually more of a source of confusion than a benefit for a lot of folks that makes and look being that's exactly many many years ago that's exactly what i used do you know i think we even used ssp um (laughs) (laughs) i think do you know what i think we did because yes, no, we did. We absolutely did. And we would have a Sunday morning feed, uh, Sunday morning podcast, Sunday evening podcast. I remember catch all because some people would always be there on a Sunday morning, but maybe childcare or something. I mean, we couldn't get there on a Sunday evening. So we had that available. Yep. But that's, and again, it, it just shows that this is not an easy topic. Before we go into some of the challenges and, and, and more importantly, some of the why we think Castos, as me and Jay speaking here, uh, is such a great value. I want to talk a little bit about analytics because analytics, we, our previous host, uh, I will name this previous host because we've been very public about them, Substack. Great for newsletters. Sorry, terrible for podcasts. The amount of trouble we've had. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to be very careful. They have tried to work with us, uh, but the reality is their platform just isn't really set up in, in... They are a free offering. They've done the best they can. And they've been mostly very, very helpful. But the analytics didn't dig into, for example, I couldn't really tell where our traffic was coming from. I couldn't really tell what clients were coming through. And it was, to get any sort of stats was really difficult. What is it, uh, Craig, about Castos stats that maybe you, you are maybe proud of or maybe stat that you think stands above the rest? Because, I mean, we're certainly impressed. And it always brings a smile onto our face when we go in and see spikes in numbers and be able to actually real-time, almost real-time track what's going on for our episodes. Yeah, that, it, I, I'm glad to hear that, that that you love it. I mean, it's um, first of all, it's it's by far the most visited page on the site. So just like you all and every other podcaster, the first thing you do is go in and, 
Uh, and you know, check your analytics. It's like checking your, your bank balance or something. It's something that we all like to do <laughs> for better or worse. Yeah. And, and I will say that this is, this is an incredibly challenging thing. You talked about like, let's talk about challenges. Maybe this is, this is the first one. Um, and, and it's challenging not because it's technically difficult, but because there's not a right way to do it. There's not a single right way to do it. Even the IAB, International Association of Broadcasters, I believe, uh, which is like the governing board that can certify that your that your podcast analytics are correct, air quotes, gives pretty vague guidance on how you should do it. Fortunately, it's public, right? So we can look at it, and all of our you know all of our peers can look at it, and we largely do things the same way. But even between analytics providers that are IAB certified, you can see like a twenty five percent variance or more. Wow. So th- this is this is hard, right? We we have not become IAB certified largely because I don't think it makes us any better, right? It doesn't make our service any better to to show someone how we do it and pay them thirty thousand dollars and them say, "Hey, good job, you're doing this right." Uh, instead, what we do is we benchmark against other known IAB certified um, providers like PodTrack and Chartable, and we do that on a regular basis, and we're always really, really, really close. And so we do that for ourselves. We're going to be doing it with some customers soon and publishing this as like a meta study. But it's really hard, right? It's hard because we all are used to analytics like Google Analytics or Facebook, you know, ad targeting and all of this that knows so much about us that it's really terrifying. Podcasting is quite anonymous um, for better or worse, right? For better, because there's not a lot of privacy concerns for worse, because you all want to know as much about your audience as possible, not to be weird, but just say like, hey, what's working? And who are the folks that this is working with? And really, all that we can give you is a bunch of information about like the user agent. Um, So what kind of device, operating system, platform, mobile app is requesting this? Where are they requesting it from? So based on IP address and when? That's basically the the data set that we work with. And so we we do that and we collate it, we clean it up and put it in fancy graphs and charts and, and maps and stuff like that. Yeah, but but you know, a lot of new podcasters come to us and say, like, who is my audience? <laughs> you know, can I get their email address? Can I retarget them on on Google and, and things like that? And the answer to all that is no. Like it, it just doesn't exist. And so, you know, frankly, it's it's really challenging from a product perspective because we know that you all want a lot more than this. And the technical limitations of the RSS feed are that none of that extra data exists. And so it's not that we're bad at designing product <laughs> or something. It's just that, that it doesn't exist. So I think it's just, it's a thing that is just how it is. And and we do the best we can with with the data set that we have. But um, yeah, we give, we have data, if I kind of um, glossed over it. We give data on like the account level, right? So the main view is the account level. You can drill down then by podcast. If you have multiple podcasts, you can kind of filter those and then by episode. So account, podcast, episode level, and this is over time. So I think the default view is last three months, but you can go back as far as you want. Uh, and then we kind of give a chart of like the top episodes. Um, so you can you can sort them alphabetically or kind of by top episodes over time in a chart view. And then we give a breakdown of like how people are listening. So device type, operating system, browser, mobile app. We do give different analytics for Spotify for the reasons we talked about before. Uh, and then we give information on geographically where folks are listening on a country level and then on like a city level within the country. And it is G- GDPR compliant. We we remove the last octet of the IP address before we process it um, so that that's not um, PII. No, that's, that's great. And that's one thing that actually is very 
uh, important for us because like we don't run Google Analytics because we don't want to potentially be giving Google more data. Chartable, I, it was news to me this last year, is owned by Spotify. There, there's a lot of ways where I'm glad that like we're not, I'm glad you're not giving us more data than what you are because I do want to keep it privacy focused for a lot of our, our, well, for all of our listeners, because like I hate it when I'm somewhere and they're like, Hey, we know that you're in whatever state on this dynamically inserted ad and all that. And I'm like, yeah, I wish you didn't know how close I was. I mean, I'm not going to say if they are on target, but yeah, some of that targeted ad and is definitely they, I think analytics can be good, but they can also be a little too scary. So I'm, I'm glad to know that you do take that part in mind. I mean, I think for me, the biggest, one of the most helpful things is, but again, breaking down the numbers by episode. So if a guest turns to me and says, oh, you know, how many, how many downloads did our episode get? I can say, oh, we got this many. Or if I see, for example, if an episode's doing really well, I might want to boost it. Or maybe an episode's not doing quite as well as I'd want. I want to boost it. Yeah. Um, it also, as you said, talking about, you know, the, the user agent, in our case, and I don't mind sort of sharing this with people, unsurprisingly for a tech podcast, our top two uh, user agents, as in apps that are sort of detected, are Apple Podcasts and Overcast. Hence why they are at the front of the list on our website because we know that's what people are wanting to use. But we don't know, you know, what age you are. We don't know what gender you are. All I do know now, um, Michael Webb, I do know you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I don't know that. If there's a Michael Webb, I'm so sorry. There's a random mistake called Michael Webb. Jay's just named you and shamed you. But this one one thing, no, because we obviously looked at this. I know you you do a lot of work as well to sort of filter out bots and filter out things like that. But it's not always easy, and we're we're investing. We're looking at the moment how on earth we've got so many downloads going through France. The French either really love our podcast, or we've got some automation going on. It's a French revolution. (laughs) Interesting. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I mean, it, it's something those, the, the bots and the crawlers uh, are popping up all the time. Uh, it's, it's, we use several libraries to automate it, but it's still a bit of a, a manual process to keep track of them. Awesome. All right, let's get into the juicy stuff. So before we get into this, uh, as I said, just to, to say, we are a Castos affiliate. So the links in the show notes will be to our affiliate. Um, we do get something in return for uh, sending you their way. Uh, but Craig, let, let's talk a little bit about pricing because Again, one of the reasons we came to Castos, we looked at a lot of other solutions, but your pricing model is so simple. Let, let's start off with one thing I love is that for all intents and purposes, there's no limit to the number of episodes we can have or the number of individual podcasts we can have. But what? But instead, what we're, what our, your billing is based on, and correct me if I'm wrong, is the number of downloads, the, effectively the amount of bandwidth that we take up and cost you. Is that... A fair assessment. Yeah. So, what? What? If someone's looking to start off at, uh, with Castos today, what's what's that starting point? What and what do they get for that starting? I mean, obviously, we don't. You know, we can send people to a pricing page, but is there anything maybe you want to highlight about the pricing? Maybe some of the benefits of the plans. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I think just to kind of expound on the the concept of like how and why we price. So, yeah, a lot of podcast hosts. Uh, you know, charge multiple per episode or have limitations on on storage, and and we think that that's not right because 
uh, well, we want you to podcast as much as you possibly can, right? We want you to have a bunch of podcasts and a bunch of episodes and publishing all the time. Uh, cause it just makes you, it makes you a better podcaster, right? So, so like, um, we, we have no, no limitations on that. It's also frankly like tied to our cost, right? Like the cost of storage is almost zero. Uh, and bandwidth is by far our biggest cost. So, so it makes sense. I think for you, it makes sense for us. And then the, the mechanism by which folks can escalate to higher plans is, uh, one of two things or one of three things, really. One is features, right? So we have some advanced features in our pro and our, uh, and our growth plan, um, like YouTube republishing, audiograms with headliner, video storage. And that's a whole nother topic and, and some advanced analytics between the growth and the pro plan. But the other two mechanisms are downloads and private subscribers. So we haven't talked about private podcasting in a while, but think about, um, you know, Patreon or Substack or, or a way where you pay money to become a, like a paid uh, subscriber to a podcast and, and like the host can make money directly instead of relying on advertisers. That is, uh, that's, that's one of the ways that, that folks can move up in, in the pricing tiers, but the other for most all is, is downloads, right? And so we have limits on the number of downloads per month. Uh, and that's 20,000, uh, in the starter plan, 75,000 in the growth plan and 200,000 in the pro plan. Um, and so we, we kind of look at this and just say, I don't know the numbers, but 90 something percent of podcasts are never going to see 20,000 downloads in an, in a month. Um, and so like the, the average person starting out should feel really comfortable that they're going to come in and pay $19 a month for a very long time. And if they go over 20,000 downloads in a month, like we're not going to automatically, you know, jack their price up is I reach out actually and just say, cause it happens relatively infrequently. I reach out and say, Hey, saw you're above, you know, this, this threshold. Hey, you might want to think about moving up to the next plan, mostly because like, Hey, it has the extra features that support a show like this. And the same, and the same for the the pro plan when you get above seventy five thousand, which is really cool. And you know that is a for us, it's such a blessing to just know. Okay, as long as we're staying below twenty thousand downloads a month, it is going to be ninety thousand. By the way, folks, we are not hitting that. Our numbers are good for a show. I, I think, Craig, is it fair to say? I mean, it's something we've discussed before. You know, me and Jay have both podcasted in the shall we say the good old days of podcasting where. <laughs> a random tech show could could get a thousand downloads an episode that's not really uh, unless you've really really pushed and you've been maybe crafting your game for several years i'd say or you just happen to have a very popular show or be named joe rogan you you're not hitting that that sort of download uh, i mean i won't divulge our numbers but they're certainly not thousands per episode we're very happy with the numbers by the way yeah, and that's and that's most most customers right like yeah we have yeah i i don't want to say the numbers because i don't know the exact but but yeah i mean I think that like, it's fair to say the average uh and even like a lot of uh, uh a lot of variance from that average is still on the 19 dollar month plan it, it's by far the long tail that gets above that one thing that i like about the ability to post multiple podcasts is it looks experiment like i over the last, over my, I think my, I've been podcasting since 2017. I've experimented with a lot of shows. And in fact, I might be doing another experimental podcast at some point. Uh, I won't divulge anything, but it's, it's nice to be able to experiment with stuff like that. Like, and, uh, and we started with one show, we added another show and it's nice to have that flexibility. And I think that's on some hosts, it's expensive to be like, okay, I want to start a new show. 
it's an additional twenty dollars a month. If that's the, like if it was twenty dollars a month per show on this other host, then additional twenty dollars a month you have to pay for. Or and what if it doesn't go well here? You start a podcast, it doesn't work out. Your archives can still stay up while your other show is working, and it's really cool. Yeah, that that's huge. I mean, it's the, it's the experimentation, but also that that all of those live on in perpetuity, right? Because that's that's something that folks might not might not grasp is like. Well, it's kind of like having a, a website, right? So you're on WordPress or you have a Squarespace site or something like that. Just because you're not publishing new content, like you need to to keep that up so that the old stuff you have is still available. Uh, and most of those platforms are not free. And so you have to pay for it. If you had to pay for every new podcast you did and you want to keep that alive, uh, even if you're not publishing new content, yeah, it could get, it could get quite expensive uh, with some hosts. And, and again, it's that simplicity. Look, you know, we, we don't republish to YouTube, so we aren't upgrading. We... Uh, we did actually try out the automatic, uh, one thing, you have a few bolt-on services, and we'll, we'll quickly touch them, I was like, automatic transcriptions are a really fair price. Now, we have stopped using them just purely because of budget reasons on our side. That's all it is. But they do work well. Look, n- I think without, I want to be really careful how I say this, no automatic transcription is perfect but it certainly gets you started. And I love the way that you, you've just got that built in, but when an episode is uploaded, it get it gets passed to the automatic transcription and it's just added to your Castos bill. It's it's really nice. And it's I think that's the way we'd like to go, uh, folks. So crosswise.net forward slash tips. If you want to help us uh, pay for more automatic transcriptions, I'll share. I'll, sorry, I'll, I'll share something that like isn't isn't public knowledge, but I'll share it here. Like we're, we're going to be offering free transcripts for everyone uh, soon. Um, it's going to be based on the AI whisper model, um, which is just ultra accurate and, and very fast. And, and so kind of by the middle of the year, we'll be offering this to everyone for free. Um, we do charge uh, a small fee for it now, but believe that one transcription should be free for everyone. Uh, and two, we have now the technology means to do this at scale, um, where we didn't before. So it's, it's, it's amazing that, you know, AI and the technology advances are, are coming to where we can, we can then provide this to, to everyone, um, which is which is really cool. We're super proud of it. That's awesome. I can say that that'll definitely because right now I'm handling the transcripts, uh, and like it's it's taking me time, and that's going to be a huge huge boon for us on the transcription side. The the whisper model is is really amazing. You know, it's it's not just a transcription service; it's it's predictive, right? Like it it thinks it knows what you're going to say next, and then and then uses the kind of transcription model. To, to verify that. So it's, it's really, really, really accurate across a lot of different languages and, uh, accents, right? So Good. it's, um, it's, Good, it's, yeah. it's just a, it's just a way better, um, way to go. And, and there's, there's a lot of technology considerations there that, that we're going through right now, but we, we really firm, firmly believe that it's, it's the right way to go. That is awesome. Two other aspects I want to bring up as well, but just because the, there's really cool on this side. Say you don't want to do the WordPress site. Castus has a really full featured podcast website. I was actually pretty impressed when we were going through it because I've used podcast websites on different hosts and it, I could have put a, a custom domain on this and this would have looked great. So I'm, I'm impressed that like you give customizability, you give all that, but it gets the stuff out there. Cause that's one thing I like about podcasting is the democratization of voice, letting everybody have the ability to get their voice out there. There's nobody gatekeeping you from there. And I love that you try to reduce the hurdles to getting your voice out there. 
Yeah, I love that word. I love that word. We um, we use that word a lot, right? Democratizing information, authority, uh, inspiration. I think that's it's a really great term. Yeah, and I mean, I'll, I'll get on the soapbox a little bit. Like, I think that I think that what we've seen with Twitter uh, recently, and just tech, right, in, in general, and, and we're we're guilty of being associated with that, um, is that, uh, that there are some strings that come along with with a lot of tech. And as much as we, as a tech company, can enable folks to be decentralized, like we we really want to. It's just better for everyone, right? It's better for us, it's better for you, and it's better for everyone listening. Um, if there are open mutually agreed upon standards in podcasting first of all right but but also just like zero barriers to to switching and to adoption um and that's i feel really proud to be part of a company that that like embraces and pushes that forward it's not a it's not a simple thing when you get past the surface um but but the but the core of it is really important i will say that podcasts are one of the parts i'm not going to get into soapbox too much but i listen to some trans and bisexual voices that help me understand things better and that's and that was one thing that traditional media may not have been able to give the funding for that but podcasting people could put their voice out their experiences and that's what like that goes for anything that somebody's experiencing in any lifestyles it's just it's amazing that ability to have your voice out absolutely now I mean, look, one, one of other things that is really great about us, you know, particularly Castos, we were blown away by how good the import process was. Everything came across. Now, <laughs> this isn't Castos's fault. This is when we discovered that our media files had been transcoded. We had to go <laughs> back through and replace every single media file with the originals. Now, before I talk about that, folks, we're going to take a very, very quick break to tell you about one of our other affiliates, one of our other partners that help, you know, keep the bills paid here. We're going to talk about that, Blaze. So we'll be right back. Hey, James, I seem to have lost the script for the Backblaze promo. Jay, what happened? Well, I was writing it on my computer. Okay, sounds fairly normal. What happened next? Well, I kind of spilled water on my desk. Again, I mean, again, please tell me you at least have that computer backed up. Oh, well. Jay, you could have used our friends Backblaze. They provide simple and elegant Backblaze for just $7 a month. Because it's running in the background, you never have to worry about if your files are being safely backed up to the cloud. You know, I was able to recover all of our episode archive after the Substack incident with Backblaze, and all my files were available in a handy zip file ready to download. If you've got larger data, they can actually ship you a drive out. You just pay a deposit on that drive, and then when you return it, you get your money back. Or not return it and pay a fairly decent price. I think, what is it, an 8 terabyte drive? Yeah, that sounds cool. You can also specify a backup schedule to avoid times where you may not want a constant backup running. Like when you're streaming and need every single kilobit of bandwidth to appease the Twitch gods. Speaking of which, you can even specify a maximum upload rate right within the preferences of Backblaze to help avoid fights over the connection. You know, you make a good point. I'm going to go to crosswires.net slash Backblaze right now and sign up for my 15-day free trial. Then I'll just head down to the Apple Store to get my new Mac. Um, with what money, Jay? Well, I have sold your panic play date. Y- you what?
Craig, the, the import process, it just works. Aside from our issues with Substack and having to recover the files uh, that I thought I would never need again, it just worked. And I think it's fair to say that is such an important thing, being able to just easily bring your existing content to the table and have it served up through uh, through Castor straight away. Yeah, it's it's huge. And and it's um we're fortunate, right, that for the most part, all all of our partners and other hosting platforms uh have largely the same formats and standards uh as we would expect. You know, sometimes not, but but for for all intents and purposes, the nice thing about podcasting is relatively standardized. Yeah, but I mean the, the import process for folks who haven't gone through it is, you know, you sign up for an account. Uh, on the first page, you said, you know, we say, hey, are you starting a new podcast? Do you want to import an existing podcast or are you connecting to your WordPress site? Those are kind of the three paths you can take. If you're importing a, a podcast, you don't even need the RSS feed. And this might have changed since y'all went through the process. You can just look up the podcast name uh, and we pull it from an, a very large comprehensive database. So I can pull up audience, the name of our podcast, insert in there and they say, hey, is this you? And it shows the image and the the host name and everything. And you say, yep, that's me. And we import it. We get all of the, the meta information, the title and the description and the image and all that kind of stuff. And then we get all of the episodes. And then the last thing for you to do is just you know verify that that's all correct, right? And cast us after we've imported it, just take a look, make sure everything's good. Make sure that the chapter markers are still there <laughs> and all that. <laughs> um, and, then, and then the last part is redirect your old feed to the new one, right? That's something that like is... Not often understood by by some folks, but but it's really core to podcasting is like, just like when you move, you have to forward your mail. It's the same idea, right? Hey, Apple Podcasts and all of my existing subscribers, don't look over here on Substack for my podcast. Look over here at Castos now. Uh, and so it's a it's a seamless, um, like zero downtime, you know, no interruption experience for, for your listeners, which is really important, as long as you redirect that feed properly from the old place to the new one. But yeah, and look, um, to, uh, to answer your question, by the way, Craig, yes, that's exactly what we experienced. I typed in the name of our show and it found it and it brought everything over. I was beyond impressed. And then obviously be able to use WordPress plugin. Now, you also, I, I think you mentioned private, um, you do podcast production services, but we, we'll leave those off to one side, though they are awesome. There's two things I wanted to quickly touch on because I'm aware, obviously, we, we've taken up a fair bit of your time. Uh, today i really appreciate it uh the first one is you talked about wonderful free services we talked about you know transcriptions going free um and the free wordpress plugin what a lot of people won't know is you have a free podcast art generator is it uh, uh i'm gonna get this wrong dynamo dynamo, yep. dynamo. yeah yeah. Yeah. We're, we're super proud of Dynamo. Francois Brill on our, our team is, this is his baby. Uh, and I mean, that the concept is, uh, we talked about there's a lot of barriers to entry with podcasting, just like knowledge and, and kind of process barriers. And one of those is like, hey, you got to have a name, you got to have a description, and you got to have a cover image, right? To have a podcast. And to a lot of um, folks who aren't artistic or tech, tech, techie, um, like coming up with an image and knowing the right size and what to look for and all this kind of stuff is is daunting, even with the tool like Canva out there that that's free. And, and so we built this tool called Dynamo that is, um, think of it like a little tiny Canva that's built just specifically for podcast covers. So the image is always the right size. It's exported in the right format. You can do overlays. You can import images. You can do text. Uh, it, it conducts to um, Unsplash for like stock photos and things like that. So like if you want to have a podcast, but you don't want to like hire a designer or something like that, you can go in there and click around and make your own image uh, that looks great. And it's all totally free. 
Um, that's awesome. And what I love as well is that you highlight within this, uh, that within the Seriously Simple podcast plugin when you're doing the episode artwork, the episode image uh, choosing, that's now highlighted within the plugin, which I think is fantastic for accessibility. And then finally, in terms of sort of extra features for Castos, you mentioned about private podcasting. Now, to my mind, podcasting is just, just a podcast feed. Now, you know, services like Patreon will generate an RSS feed that is authenticated for their members, but what was Castos doing in this regard? What what what's so important about private podcasting? Yeah, I mean, I think that private podcasting can serve a couple of purposes to me. The 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 most interesting one is a lot around the creator economy for me. So people who have courses or membership sites or communities and they want to have podcast content that's only available for those folks can make a podcast in Castos, make it private. And then automate the process of adding and removing folks from that private podcast. So think about you have a course, right? You can you have a course on WordPress and you're using Lifter LMS, right? One of our integration partners. You can connect Lifter LMS from WordPress to Castos to say, hey, everybody, every time someone buys this course, add them as a private podcast subscriber in Castos. Uh, and so maybe you have like an audio version of the course that goes along with it or uh, maybe you have like supplemental material. You're doing like uh, weekly AMAs to go along with your course and you can deliver those as as private podcasts. Um, so to me, the best and really where we see our customers be most successful is this is something in addition to content and, and kind of community and an entity that they already have. It's a membership site. It's a course. It's a community. It's something like that. And they take and deliver content maybe that they have in another format already, like a Zoom recording or a webinar. They repurpose it and deliver it as a private podcast. Um, to me, that's the that's the best way to do private podcasting. The the two other ways that we see it done are you can just charge for it, right? So just like folks listen to this podcast, you could say, "Hey, we have a premium version that doesn't have ads, or uh, gets the behind the scenes, or at, once a month we record an extra episode, and you can get this, and it's five bucks a month." That's kind of the Patreon model. And then the most the the most maybe interesting one that I think we're just at the very very beginning of is companies using this as a form of internal communications. And so think about think about non-desk workers, so truck drivers and sanitation folks or field-based salespeople or that's where I came from, right? Field-based sales. You're not at the computer, you're not at the water cooler. Like for you to get information is really hard actually. Um and so like a, a podcast uh DEI is a really big one, right? Diversity and inclusion. Um, like, hey, how can we how can we share the things the company is doing to to be inclusive uh, as as an organization? Highlight you know different different groups and people and entities and, and initiatives. Like that's super important. That's that's maybe the second place that we see this uh, implemented. And then the last one is like training and compliance. Right? Um, you're a financial services firm. You got new information all the time, right? It's impossible for folks to keep up with it. What if you take and digest that and repurpose it as a private podcast? Someone's driving to work every morning. They can they can get the download literally um, on on what's going on, and they can walk into work well prepared. So yeah, private podcasting is is super interesting. It's really in its infancy, and yeah, we've done a lot of work around it. We're continuing to do a lot around it, um, and it's just super super cool to see. Um, how people use it. We're talking about WordPress and how people use WordPress <laughs> so differently. It's exactly the same with private podcasting. Almost everyone uses it a little different. And, and our goal, much how we build the rest of the platform, is to build something that is relatively open and flexible. 
Um, because the the one thing that's universal is everyone wants to have an input into the private podcast in a different way, and everyone wants their listeners to experience it in a different way. Um, and, and so we try to to be as malleable as possible there. Now, I can imagine a, a another use case that kind of scares me is dynamically inserting things into a podcast for a private podcast. Like Michael Webb, this has been your look at Castos. <laughs> Call back to earlier in the episode. But no, but that is actually really cool. I was actually working on an internal memo uh, podcast at my last company, and we didn't get it off the ground. But I was actually, I was actually something I was heavily into, and I like that idea. And like, there's a podcast I listen to that does private podcasts, and I think it's just a great way to reward the podcaster and get some some stuff back. Yeah, the opportunities around. Uh, I'll say customized content, like you're saying, and private podcasting are enormous because you you know who the person is, right? As opposed to uh, a conventional podcast where all listeners are the same, right? In a private podcast, like I know that this is Susie and like Susie could have, uh, you know, metadata associated with her. Like she's part of this group or she bought this course or she joined on this day, right? Think about all the things that you might do with like an email service provider. Um, or marketing automation tool, um, and think about the the podcast equivalent to that. Um, we're not there, right? We're we're kind of years away, probably. But but there's probably a day where you could have dynamic content that each episode is different based on the person that's listening. Which that actually would be cool. And not I'm not trying to tangent too far, but like I love the idea about the remote workers because imagine like a big a store like my grocery store being able to say, hey, I this person works in this department. Here's the latest news on your department at a global scale. I love that. Yep. I think that's awesome. But I I mean, one thing I hadn't thought about, and honestly, Craig just made me realize, yeah, if you're doing an internal podcast, but it's for your employees, the last thing you want is anybody outside of your business be able to get that RSS feed and just subscribe. Now, you can password protect an RSS feed, but it, if that, it, and traditional methods of doing so have always been one password for the entire feed. And all it takes is one person to leak that password or if it to be reused and that feed is, is is exposed. So private podcasting with membership control makes a lot of sense. Awesome. Craig, before we wrap up, and I'm realizing again, we've talked a lot about a few things that, you know, we, we didn't uh, note down, but for you as a, a, you know, as someone running a podcast hosting company, what as, as a sort of a, a wrapping up thought, what would you say? of the biggest challenges of podcast hosting? What what are the things that people maybe don't think about? I mean, we've talked about things like the RSS and uh, the media encoding, but what for you are the biggest challenges, the things that maybe Castos have had to overcome in the last couple of years? Uh, I, I think the biggest one is just the the overall concept of an RSS feed and how podcasting works. So y'all, y'all probably take for granted that like you're in tech and you're, you know, you're, you're pretty with it. Like you've, you've been doing it a while, but, but for someone just coming in that, that might not be technical to understand how distribution works of a podcast is really tough. That that's the single biggest issue. I think the next, the next biggest is a little unique to us is, is our WordPress integration. Um, and the, the myriad of, potential conflicts and interactions that we have it, again it's absolutely amazing but but it can be complicated because there's no there's no right way to do things well there is a right way to do things in wordpress but but not everybody i mean like third party plugin and, and and theme developers do that um and so uh that's something that we uh we take as our responsibility to to a very big extent um and sometimes we kind of run up against that wall and i think i think the last one is probably just like to get value from our tool 
you need to do some work. You know, you need to create content. You need to be publishing. You need to be engaging with your audience. And, and, you know, pod fading is a tool or is a term for a reason is because a lot of folks get into this and say like, this is hard. Like I, I can't do this anymore. And you, you mentioned our Castos production services and that's why they exist, right? Because I started my podcast and I said, man, this is great, but this is a pain. Like all this post-production work is hard. Um, and, and so we do offer a service where we just do it all for you and, and, and hopefully alleviates that, that pain and that, that hurdle for a lot of people, but, but it's not cheap. And, and so it's not for everybody, but, um, that, that's a really big one. And that applies to everyone, whether you're techie or not, or done this for a long time, like creating the content and getting it out the door every week is, is not trivial. No, because I can say that this show is a, I mean, it, it's, it's what we do for like our, our career, but it's also, it's a huge labor of love on James and I yeah. every single week. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, a fun, fun fact behind the scenes, folk, folks, due to me not blocking out enough time in Savical or putting enough time between events in our Savical schedule, we're literally doing two podcasts today. We have, a, I have another podcast, uh, episode of Crosswise to record in 47 minutes. So, <laughs> so it's like, oh, how have I done that to myself? But you know what? Tools like Castos make it so easy. But in fact, I do not have to stress about my episode being uploaded or distributed. The fact that I, you know, I love, ev- I'm not just saying this because Craig is here, but Castos, Compared with other tools I use, and I'm not going to name what we've used before because we've used we've used some of the big ones. I've had a lot of experience. We even met Castos on one. <laughs> we actually, yes, we even met on one. We met on one. Yes, we actually did. That's quite funny in the in the Slack. But it is fantastic, folks. If you want to sign up at Castos, I'm going to get Craig to give us some more useful information, links wise, and uh, you know, where, social media and maybe other resources for uh, for podcasters. But if you want to check out Castos and help us out, head over to crosswires.net forward slash cash toss and that'll take you to our affiliate link when you sign up there we get a little something uh for you know for you basically going through us and just so you know it is c-a-s-t-o-s craig where can people find maybe find out more about yourself more about castos and i know castos you guys put out a lot of great content to help podcasters with newsletter and other great content can you tell people a little bit more about where they can find that yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, everything's at castos.com. Uh, our, our blog, I think is great. We, we put out a podcast. It's called audience. Uh, Stuart from our team does it and it is, uh, amazing. <laughs> it is just exponentially better than I could ever do. And it is really just like a, a pleasure to listen to. He tells stories and interviews other podcasters on, on how they kind of craft craft their shows. Um, so if you want to really get inspired, check out audience. It, it's really great. Um, if folks want to reach out and, and connect with me, uh, I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter. I'm on Twitter at the Craig Hewitt, not super active there, but you can just DM me or connect on LinkedIn. That'd be great. Awesome. Well, folks, thank you so much for listening. And thank you. I want to say a huge thank you to two groups of people before, well, to one person and a group of people. As we round out our 50th episode, can I say a huge thank you to everyone who's listened, everyone who's subscribed, everyone who's told me, um, you know, and, and emailed me and Jay or dropped me a, a message on iMessage or Discord who've said they enjoy the show. You have no idea how, how, much, how much that means. And if I have one request, keep reaching out to us. Keep, we want to hear from you. Really, really do. I make you a promise. If you reach out to me and Jay, 
or via email or via our social medias, we will do. We will make sure you, we get back to Absolutely. you. Absolutely. But the other person I want to quickly thank is Jay oh. for being part of this team, for being just an, an amazing contributor to this podcast, and for sing, for bringing Crosswires, well, and me kicking and stre- screaming into the live stream, live streaming <laughs> Twitch here. Crosswires Live uh, is it has become something of a. I, I'm actually, as you can probably tell folks by our squad shot, and Craig can see, I'm definitely in a bit of a streamer's room. At <laughs> yes, you is, are. And I love it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but thank you, Jay. You have been such an invaluable part of this team since, uh, you know, last year. And everyone knows uh, our relationship status from a couple of episodes ago. And I could not be happier uh, to call you my, my co host, my my best friend and my partner and thank you for making a good majority of these 50 episodes possible oh thank you thank you and of course yeah and of course thank you craig for your time we will see you all next week my pleasure thank you all for having me and and also michael webb thank you for listening (laughs) (laughs) thanks for listening to this episode of cross wires we hope you've enjoyed our discussion and we'd love to hear your thoughts so please drop us a note over to podcast at crosswires.net you can also drop us a comment on the post, or if you're a good pod user, why not start a discussion there too? You can also join our new Discord server at crosswires.net forward slash Discord. We've got forum channels for each episode, and we'd love you to join the discussion there. You can also follow us on Mastodon at crosswires at mastodon.social. And of course, you can find the show in all the good podcast apps. And all the really bad ones too. More of our content, head on over to crossedwires.net slash YouTube for all our videos and keep an eye on our Twitch channel at crossedwires.net slash live for our upcoming streams. If you like what you heard, please do drop a review in your podcast directory of choice. It really does help spread the word about the show. And of course, if you can spare even the smallest amount of financial support, we'd be incredibly grateful. You can support us at ko-fi.com slash crossed wires that is ko-fi.com slash crossed wires until next time thanks for listening do you want to change the world so do i On this podcast, we meet artists whose work is doing just that. Welcome to Art Heals All Wounds. I'm your host, Pam Uzel. Each week, I interview an artist and talk about their work. As creative thinkers, artists present us with some of the most compelling visions of ways that our world could work better for everyone. Art around environmental, social, and racial justice, gender equity, ways to build community and bridge divisions, and solace for grieving. If we can see solutions to the things that prevent us from thriving as individuals and societies, we can imagine implementing those solutions. Once we imagine that, we can become the people we want to be, belonging to communities that nurture everyone and living in societies based on equity and justice. How do we change the world? One artist at a time.